Hello, Georges Collinet here with this week's web-exclusive podcast extra, more songs of love and war from Somalia with my compadre Banning Air. And remember, you can hear the companion program Reconstructing Somalia, Love Songs from the Birth of a Nation at the programs section on afropop.org. Afropop's Hip Deep program on Somali love songs focuses on singers and lyrics. And we have more on that, plus insights on the early career of rapper-singer-songwriter Kanon later in this podcast. But first, let's listen to one of the great instrumentalists of Somalia, composer and oudmaster Ahmed Ismail Hussein, now in his 80s and living in London. Somalis just call him Hodedi. Ahmed Samatar, now a professor at McAllister College, remembers Hodeidi from his youth in Somalia and says that to this day the man casts a long shadow. <laughs> Hudaydi has become kind of a gold standard in the virtuosity of Somali oud playing and has had enormous effect on the generations after him to this day. Many of his students now are at the supreme level, so he has that capacity and he could play all kinds of songs and make them sweetly complicated in the best sense of the Somali tradition in performing with the oud. Ahmed Samatar celebrates Hodeidi as a master oud player and composer, noting that he sings only rarely, as in this piece written for his brother. Here's a different performance of the same song with the young Somali singer Armanta on vocals. Hodeidi, with his oud, accompanied and composed for many of the great singers of the late colonial and early independence era in Somalia. These are the songs that fascinated Wellesley College historian Lidwin Captains and are the focus of our Hip Deep program, Reconstructing Somalia. One reason these songs made such an impact is that they spoke plainly about love, an experience everyone knew but few were open about. 
So in the 1950s, when these Frank songs first appeared in Somalia, they often highlighted the painful side of loving. It is love as a physical illness, a wound, as pain, as a feeling that you don't control. And that is new in the public sphere. All the themes of love, falling in love, falling out of love, being rejected, being accepted, coming to an agreement, you know, finally entering marriage, even divorce and being disappointed, it's all there in the love songs. Ancient pre-Islamic notions of avenging powers and the sacred nature of oaths appear in these songs, now applied to modern love affairs. Litwin Captain sang an example for us. Iskuman ogen inat ofin waida. Iskuman ogen inat waya habesa. I could not expect that you would not fulfill the promise you made. I could not uh, expect that you were going to not do what you said you would, right? It actually ends with uh, it's okay, I understand you're going to get married, enjoy your marriage, let's see what the future will bring. This is one of the cassette recordings that Lidwin Captains received from the late collector Miriam Omar Ali, her friend and collaborator over many years. The recording is not great, but the music swings and the singing is gorgeous. The poetry in these songs draws from a form called belwo, a lament, pared down to a mere couplet, always with alliteration. So this one says in English, Your beauty is radiant like the rays of the sun, falling on the lush green grass, washed by the rain. And in Somali it says, Sidi erku and it is the ain sound that is the alliteration. This is the rain falling on green grass. The ain again for the sun. So you have it three times. Maybe another one. So here's the G, like the grass growing in the Garodi plain. It works in English here. The grass growing in the Garodi plain, the G sound. Gutkeda, your hair or her hair. Malamode gaman faras. Gaman would be like a, a filly, a young horse. These alliterative couplets survived in the popular songs that came later, linked together into narratives, like the declarations of love in the song Ilwad Kuruhe. Oh, 
you beautiful one. You're so beautiful to look at. He says, if you were not so close to my heart, I would not be praising you every day. The only way that my heart would be at peace is when I can marry you and you would become my wife. And then she actually responds in a similar vein. If you were not close to my heart, my eyes would not be crying all the time. The only way my heart would find peace if you would become my husband and I would become your wife. They keep singing back and forth. These are the symptoms of how much I love you. They are totally equal and unified, equally in love and singing to each other in a very similar way. This is all very new stuff in 1960s independent Somalia. Men and women were not running away from the old ways of the past, but they were learning new rules of courtship. I was reading at some point a conversation about what people thought the word Ilbahnimo meant in the context of the city of Mogadishu. Ilbahnimo is kind of sophistication. It's like not being a country hick. But there were lots of people who were saying that for them Ilbahnimo meant that you knew how to take a girl out, how to have a polite and you know sophisticated and modern courtship. And so this is certainly part of this period of the youth culture where people try to be respectful and Muslim, but at the same time they wanted to be modern. And so this is very actively debated in the pop songs. Here's a riff on how old traditional concepts get worked into this new dialogue. Many East African societies have long been organized around a strong concept of age groups. This goes way back, before colonialism, before Islam. The Somali word for these age groups is asag. The concept of age group was very strong in Somalia. If you said, I'm left behind by my age group, this is a big deal, you're a total failure. And so in the pop songs, when the boy complains that the girl is not returning his love, he will say, Asagan you made me miss or stay behind my age group. So this very strong pre-colonial concept of Asag or age group is then put to work in order to make this pop song feel like this is all totally traditional, while in reality it's full of modern impulses, including singing in public about physical desire. Sometimes these songs draw on imagery clearly introduced more recently, like this one, Hilbehena Skuyale. Hilbehena Skuyale, Halbolaha Iokeiga, Watnakura Hayadiga. It's hard to translate, but our bodies are connected. And your aorta, Miriam and I used to laugh because how are you going to translate this into romantic poetry? Your aorta and mine are pumping the same blood. And if there is a wound, you know, we will both feel it, right? So to translate this kind of biological precision into a pop song is really challenging. But if you listen to it, it's totally romantic. Thank you. 
these love songs contain a kind of extended conversation about what modern love should look like. But, as Lidwin points out in our program, it's a somewhat biased debate, because only men are writing the script. It's obvious that everybody wants a culturally authentic modernity, but we never talk about how a man could be a culturally authentic modern man. It's always about how a woman should be a culturally authentic modern woman. It's important to remember that most of these songs come from theatrical plays, where the conversation about modernity gets spun into full-blown dramatic narratives. One of the greatest and most daring playwrights was Hassan Sheikh Moomin. Ahmed Samatar knew him well. Moomin was an uncle and a visitor to the Samatar family home in British Somaliland, as this northern region was known before independence. He was gutful, uh, enormous courage. Authority never frightened him. Authority never intimidated him. And he would speak the truth the way he saw it with a great deal of elegance. One of Hassan Sheikh Moumin's most powerful and best-remembered plays is called Shabel Nagod. Andrzejewski translated it, Leopard Among the Women. Shabel Nagod, it is a new word. Shabel means leopard, and Nagod means of women. Um, and so this is a person who seduces innocent girls with promises of marriage. He goes through a fake marriage with them, with a fake a holy man, and all this secret because he's modern and he's exciting and he uses some Italian in his language, etc. Shabel Nagod was written just before the military coup of 1969. It's full of veiled political criticism, most of it directed at the failures of the civilian governments that had ruled for nine years since independence. The poet Hassan Sheikh Moumin asks if the fire gets cold, who will heat the fire? And what is it when the fire gets cold? And he talks about corruption. And then he says, if the medicine gets ill, who can cure the medicine? And then he gives some examples of what is politically wrong. And then the answer is very socialist-like. Only the people can bring a solution. And this is just before the military coup. So truly, the artists of this period, they had their finger on the pulse of society, politically, emotionally, socially, in many different ways. Novelist and literary scholar Mohamed Afra is an advisor to Hipdeep's Somalia project. Afra has written that the whole story of a man who despoils women should be seen as one big metaphor for what politicians had done to Somalia up to that point. But even without looking at the national politics, Shabel Nagod delivers a strong message about relations between the sexes. Shabel seduces this innocent girl who gets pregnant, and then he says, well, what do you mean? This was all a joke. I have nothing to do with you. I don't know you. And the pregnant girl, here in the voice of Miriam Marsal, sings of her sorrow. <laughs> And she has this beautiful metaphor. She says, Sida Gorot Kaburet, Gantal Kutalvan. Like a wild animal in the hills, I'm stumbling from crevice to crevice. Actually, this animal has an arrow piercing its heart. And then her refrain is, uh, 
Ada karan wahai ku bekar waksuari Iku kefte ada garan wahai ku be You have to acknowledge what you did to me You know what you did to destroy me It's a beautiful, really very powerful song She sings it with incredible emotion This play comes to focus on the romantic union Between two school teachers They're modern people who struggle to reconcile their desire for each other with their new independent thinking. The conversation and the singing between the two teachers is sort of iconic feminist text of this period. Most Somalis, about 40, would be able to quote this. She says, women have no share in the encampments of this world, and it is men who have made these laws to their own advantage. By God, by God, men are our enemies. Though we ourselves nurtured them, we suckled them at our breast and they maimed us. We do not share peace with them. And then he comes back and he says, men and women are two creatures who grew from the same first fiber and they share this life. Listen, listen, women, men are the green grass, the comfort, the very sustenance of women. Men and women are a she-camel and her baby who take their radiance from each other. And so they go on like that. But if you say to Somali women, Allah, Allah, nimanko, wanapankoreno, women say, yeah, it's like that. We raise them, you know. <laughs> so it's a really uh, a very famous song. But then I think his response is also beautiful. You know, yeah, men are like the green grass. Things have changed a lot in Somalia since the time of Shabel Nagod. Conversations about love and modernity have sadly lost their currency in the aftermath of civil war, the emergence of piracy, and the rise of armed Islamist movements such as Al-Shabaab. Somalis all speak one language, but it has two distinct dialects, or as some would insist, languages, Mahathri and Afmai. This, too, has become a fault line in a broken society. I was in Mogadishu once, in the summer of 87, when this political situation had really deteriorated and there was not much I could do. But I remember the songs everywhere. For example, this beautiful song in Afmai, so in the language dialect of the interriverian region, Din Leyehe, which is about a girl he wants to get but has trouble getting. It's everywhere. So when people say there were no Afmai songs, I said, listen, I was in Mogadishu one summer and that song was everywhere and everybody was singing it. The civil conflicts that intensified around that time drove many Somalis into exile. And of course, the music went with them. There is a beautiful wedding song that Somalis, when they first came to the U.S., still played on weddings. They have moved on. It's called Hisaha Kalka Alkena, The Longing of Our Love. beautiful because when it asks for the blessings for a strong marriage, they bring up the elders, they bring up the religious men. The whole traditional apparatus is brought to bear by all these traditional powers. But the second verse then, it talks about the feelings they have for each other that make them bite their fingers. So now we talk about physical desire again.
Maybe the most significant Somali musician to emerge in the past 10 years is Kanon, a rapper, hip-hop artist, singer-songwriter, raconteur, who left Mogadishu at 14 and made his career in Toronto, Canada. He now lives in New York. Kanon's debut double CD, The Dusty Foot Philosopher, released in 2008, remains an iconic album of African rap. In a song that made him an instant sensation among Somalis everywhere, he talks directly to the warlords, who were busy destroying his country at the time. Basically, I got beef. I want to talk to you directly. I can't ignore. I can't escape. And as good, you affect me. You cripple me. You shackle me. You shatter my whole future in front of me. This energy is killing me. I got to let it pour like blood up. Among those who took notice of Kanon was Lidwin Captains. She was particularly impressed to hear him shout out to the Somali poetic tradition, and one poet in particular whom he mentions by name. Yo, this one here goes out to the struggle in the tradition of the old poets. Yo. The nation of poets. We haven't forgotten that. Yo, in the tradition of Ares Isa Karshe. Ares Isa, who actually sang rap, this is a different genre from the pop song as a whole. Actually, Kenan takes the melody of that song and does something beautiful with it. Until the lion learns to speak the tales of whatever will be weak. But it is absolutely the melody and the rhythm, and it is that song. And any Somali who would listen would recognize this as the style of Ares Isa. God bless his soul. And I think it's a great tribute that he pays to this singer. I want to say something to you my friends around the mic. <laughs> Until the lion learns to speak, the tales of hunting will be weak. My poetry hails within the streets. My poetry fails to be discreet. It travels across the earth and seas, from Eritrea to the West Indies. It knows no boundaries, no cheese. It's studied in parts of Greece. But the song that most moved Lidwin Captains on Kanon's first album is My Old Home, because it harkens back to the era of the love song, the time when Somalis had hope and were working to build an authentically modern African society. This is the time, this class that had hope for the future, that wanted to be modern, um, you know, that is this hope after independence, and I think he captured it beautifully. The country was combusting with life, like a long hibernating volcano. This is just after independence. With a long-term success like J-Lo. Farmers, fishers, fighters, even fools had a place in production. The coastal line was the place of seduction. The coral reefs make you daze in reflections. The women walked with grace and perfection. And we just knew we were warriors too. Nothing warbid is too. We were glorious boom. Then one day it came, spoiled the parade like rain. Like oil in a flame, it pained. A heart attack sudden, harder than 11. Harder than a punch in the womb. Harder than the lunch you consumed for us. It had a cancerous fume, more lost. Men who made killing holy, selling proud fully like healthy livestock. They made ties rock with a diligent mock, confused with the people infused in the evil. And you know the rest. Kanon's global adventure as an African troubadour was just beginning. But Somalia's dream of peaceful modernity has yet to be realized. 
Thank you, Banning. You can find much more on Somali music interviews, a video, and our complete program on Somali love songs on our website, afropop.org. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. And join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. Until then, I'm Georges Collinet.